Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I'm currently living in fear. And I'm not the only one. So is the rest of the square. What if I turn around and Mad Max is behind me? Emma. And I'm just six months pregnant with another man's baby. And my husband won't talk to me. Connor. So where are we coming up this week, Emma? We have some big news. It's a return to an old favourite of ours. An old favourite. Oh, God. <laughs> That's all you get. And we have a special feature announcement that will be in next week's podcast. We have your usual roundup, of course, your hero in Slapping Dan. But first, here's the jingle. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy, Shirley! Blimey! Mr. Butcher! 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other, the next, rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night! Now, should we reveal our big news now? I think we have to. We can't keep it in any longer. No. We are doing a little special in the very near, very, very near future. All to do with some of the iconic episodes, some of the red water moments that we hold so dear, and so much more. It will have been a year since we started our red water and classic eps, and you know they hold a dear place in our hearts. So we had to celebrate the occasion and we're going to be sharing our best bits. We want you to share with us your favourite bits and we'll put some stuff out on Twitter and Instagram so you can get involved. We will be watching some of those clips that you choose together. We'll be back in person. Yay! And we'll be recording our live reactions to those clips. We'll play classic games. We'll have the return of, like, Dominic or Dermot. (gasps) Oh, good. (laughs) And much, much more. Well, I think, I think I speak for us all, Emma, when I say, Great idea, (laughs) Kathleen! (laughs) And I mean, it's so perfect because we started all of this, um, all the Red War and iconic episodes during the lockdown, and then... It's like near its end now, the official ending. Possibly. And possibly. <laughs> <laughs> and so it kind of all coincides. And we just think, let's just do it. Let's just honour that great moment in our E20 lives. Yay! Any excuse for us to watch classic episodes and Red Water again, we're there. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's so true. That's so true. But wait, um, I, uh, before I forget, I uh, just have to pass some cheese over because Mouse tends to get hungry around this time. Oh, oh. She's got a cheese. Tell you what, Mouse is very small. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we get on with the show, my fancy woman? (laughs) Well, I mean, we would, but there's there's one more thing we've been keeping a bit secret. Oh. And next week, we will be solving a crime. We have been out. We've been out and about trying to free the Jaguar. We've been trying our best to get our, our beloved 
Our beloved Jags out of jail. We know you all care so much about Jags, but the T-shirt didn't work. And sadly, it has passed. But because we are petty and silly, we decided we're going to create our very own feature that's going to try and solve the murder of Jags. Who killed him? Who, 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 who killed him? Yes, we have a list. That Well, actually, it's so long, it's on like three pieces of paper. We will find the ultimate person who was responsible because there's a lot going around. Lots of people think it could be different people's faults. We want to let you rest. Just watch the show. We will do this work for you. We will solve the ultimate crime. But first of all, you know, just get on with the show. Yeah? Duh, duh. Well, Joel Frost, move over, because guess what? There is a new talent in town. There's a new parenting guide to all your problems, and it's called the Worry Box, patented by Ruby and owned in stock. (laughs) Oh, is this like a new version of that one Johnny Allen had out? All those years ago... Well, while we're on the subject, I bought Johnny Allen's book as well. He, he had a book out. It was really oh, good. Really? Um, really? Yeah. My favourite part was actually when he said, if like they're acting up, just get their Walkman and chuck it out the window. Well, it's dead funny you should say that, Emma, because I've actually I've picked up a copy myself. No. And I've, I've not looked through it yet, so I'm just going to have a little flick through now. Just going to have a flick through. Let's get some of these pages. Oh, he has a good one. We all need this one. When little old ladies are walking in your path too slowly, what do you do? Johnny's advice to everyone? Jam their fingers in the door and threaten to chop them off. Oh, thanks, Johnny. But anyway, let's get back to the worry box. Yes, it's all Isaac's plan. See, not all superheroes wear capes. Some of them wear their dead brother's coats. odd that like she's taking all this advice off of people she's only just really started talking to now do you know what I mean like it's if I met someone in the shop and I'm just like do you know what you should really do you should do x y and z to like improve your life I'd be like uh sorry who are you I'd be like I don't really know you do you not think it was a bit weird of her as well look to like suddenly bearing in mind she's never really liked Lola and she doesn't know Isaac that she just kind of opened up about all of these worries and everything going on in Lily and Arthur's lives. Like, she hasn't been responsible. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I was really shocked, right, that when they'd done the worry boxes, that Lily didn't put something in, like, about a mom. Evil stepmother. (laughs) Oh, evil stepmother, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I expect her to say something like she was always worried that she'd have to live with Ruby forever. Like, that that would be something that I know (laughs) I would write if I was Lily. Lily's a little schemer. So I just assumed that she would put something in that would rub Ruby up the wrong way. Yeah, I did expect Lily to kind of be resistant and definitely like working at taking a bit. But although she showed a little bit of resistance, she did actually put a note in and so did Arthur and and Martin. Um, it was odd. I think Martin, <laughs> Martin put a note in was just odd, wasn't it? Like, But then... Do you know, you think, oh, okay, maybe Ruby's trying. Maybe she's trying. Because, you know, me and Emma, we do love a trier. 
You know, Bobby tries. <laughs> he tries. And so is Ruth. You know, we're forgiving murderers in the past for trying. Yes, if they um, try, we can forgive. We, we don't forget, we though. You know us, no, we don't forget. forget. No, of course not. That's why we bring it up all the time. <laughs> but, but, I thought, oh, she's trying. She's trying. But then, I sneaky little eyes looked down at that worry box and I knew then, I knew then that she was going to open that box and just like Pandora, unleash all evil into the world. And she did. She did just that. She cracked open that box and broke every single simple rule of parenting in a single moment. Privacy, trust, you know, care, concern, yes, but not intrusive concern. And just most importantly, selflessness. She didn't do that because she wanted to help Lily. She did that so she could find out what Lily was thinking. Yeah, that's clearly why she had the box in the first place. Yeah, it's evil. I'm not going to look in it. I'm not going to look in it. Don't worry, these worries are this um, secret opens box. <laughs> yeah, it's like reading someone's diary. Yeah. It's just absolute no. Like, absolute no. Of course, if you genuinely are in concern for a child's welfare or safety, of course you may look into to something like that to help them. But to help you gain their favour, to help try and make your life easier, you're going to break that trust and go rummaging through all of their thoughts. I'm sorry, that's sick and twisted. Because then she even brings it up to Lily. She's like, because Lily says something about she's worried that, um, I can't believe Lily's going off to like high school, by the way. Oh, I know. I can't. I can't. I feel so old. <laughs> now I, I feel really old. I like, remember... You know, when you see like, your friends and they've got children, that's uh-huh. exactly what happened. Yeah? I remember when <sighs> Stacey was just pregnant with Lily. Yeah, I know. Oh, was, my God. So, so long ago, wasn't it now? I Do you remember? remember? She, was, she was born and ruined Janine's life. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a great time to say, yay, Janine's coming back. <laughs> yay! Oh, I'll just... I miss Janine. I really, really miss her. Like, she brought so much fun to the square throughout the history of EastEnders. I mean, the Barry moments, the flipping Frank and Janine moments. Oh, all of our I... moments were Pat. I'm so gutted that Pat's oh, not on the square because I, mean, I loved her and Pat. I'm hoping, right? Like, I know this is really selfish of us, but I'm hoping that they kind of. I know people aren't a big fan of like ghosts and stuff appearing or like people having like mental visions and things. And we're not always, but like I'm just hoping that we get one with Janine. Like say she has a vision of like Pat or something, has like a crossword with that. I would I would just love to have Janine and Pat have a, like an argument one more time. Pat is one of those characters where if they returned her from the dead, I would totally justify it in some sort of way because I'd be like, yep, yeah, and you shouldn't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's Pat's long lost twin sister. She deserves to be back on the square. I do kind of think that, like, I know we shouldn't really judge back in the past, but I do think that, like, killing Pat off was a big mistake. Massive. Anyway, back to Ruby and Lily. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So she finds out that Lily is actually worried about going to high school and. And that Amy might not talk to her because, well, 
Apparently, Amy's like the most evil child. Oh, yeah. I love, I love how EastEnders characterizes Amy as like those two twins of The Shining. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they have Amy down because she is literally portrayed as Damien, son of the devil, daughter of like hell. She's, you know, been the person who has hid Bailey. She's been the person who has bullied Janet. And now she's also maybe bullying Lily. It's always quite like weird you'll they'll be having a conversation and it's always like and then amy said this and you're like oh my god amy's like such a villain (laughs) like what the hell i'm always kind of feeling sorry for her because i'm like oh the poor kid's been painting as this right villain all over one's hair yeah i know and i do love it because like whenever people like you know whenever she's painted as bad person they never talk about the fact that she's basically neglected by her own father um her mother died her auntie died like who was a stepmom essentially, or like died? Like, yeah, that's bizarre. There's a lot going on in that. Family, yeah, a lot, a lot of strange family dynamics. Yeah, no wonder he was messed up. Um, and then we don't know what's happened to Ricky. So, well, I mean, um, I've heard some rumours. Oh, have you? Let's just say it's Amy. She's done it. I don't know how, and I don't know why, but yeah. that girl, she is evil. <laughs> like it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> like that is literally what Eastenders is going to be like. They're going to be like, she's killed Ricky. Just killed him in cold blood and murdered him on the floor of the kitchen. Like, it's just unreal. The level of, like, it's always Amy. It's always Amy. Always Amy. Always... No other kid on that squest. <laughs> wrong, swear, just it's Amy. Just because it's the only child who they, like, they ship in. So, you know, it's never Ricky. It's never Tommy or, like, Bert and Ernie. It's always some other child <laughs> who happens to be Amy. Like, that is it. It's never, like, another, it's never another kid. It's always Amy. Like when Tommy was being bullied at school, we never found out who that was. Oh, that was Amy. But we know that now. We're no. It was her, her doing. <laughs> Amy came up with the name. Oh, she did. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what she did. What I love is that <laughs> Ruby, in her infinite wisdom, doesn't think, oh, that's really sad. Maybe I'll just try and cheer her up. Instead, she literally just tells Lily that she knows what her worry is and that she's read it. <laughs> And is then shocked when Lily's like, you read my worry. And then storms off. And tells her the stepmother act doesn't suit her. I love when she's like, doesn't suit you, mate. I love that. Love a bit of like, you know, naughty twang there. Like, mate. I love how sassy she is. She is literally a mini Stacey. It's fantastic casting. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, perfect casting. Poor Stacey isn't even getting to be part of like a daughter's first, like, year of going into high school and getting ready for it and going and viewing it or our last year of primary school like she's not around for that it just gets on my nerves no one I, is even talking about it or thinking about totally it on that agree, square because you are exactly you're saying the exact right things ruby is waltzing around on that square right uh, meanwhile, poor Stacey's rotten in jail for a crime she didn't commit. She's lost out the chance to say goodbye to Kush. She's lost out on the chance to, um, you know, see her daughter go to high school for the first the first time and support her through that. Like, all of these things that she's missing out on. And you'll never uh, get that moment back where it's like your ooh. first day at high school, your last day at primary school. Like, they're bound to have a, a leave-as assembly. That's just like a huge thing you always have. So. <laughs> Do you remember that? And she won't get to be part of it, and it's really sad. It's shocking. And I, that's why I won't allow this redemption to continue. I will put my foot down <laughs> and steamroll all of this redemptive nonsense. I will not allow 
for all those crimes to go unpunished <laughs> until they are answered. Like, how can I don't mind a redemptive storyline, but she still has to admit what she's done. If the crimes were brought to the forefront and then you had a like Walson round, and like we had that time where she reflects on what she's done and stuff. I mean, I would still be really angry, but I'll be like, okay, Ruby's um, Ruby's learned a lesson a bit. Exactly. And exactly. I would I would get to see her grow again back into the old Ruby, and I'll, I would be able to like really get on board. Like yeah. we've seen with other characters, and we've done with you know when they're exactly. trying, when they're trying, when they're trying. That's true. <laughs> but it's the fact. <laughs> That she's going around with all of that still under wraps. It just seems a bit yeah. odd because it feels like it's either not going to ever come out or it's going to come out really late. If I can just say this, right? I know sometimes these standards may listen to it. And so I just want to hey say Hey, guys. This. <laughs> yes, hello. Just want to say this. Please, please have two things exposed. First, is the Ruby stuff. All of that stuff has to come out eventually. Secondly, is the Whitney trying to murder four people. Those two <laughs> things have to be exposed. I cannot go on watching EastEnders <laughs> without that being talked about. Like, it's weird that this woman is just like on a stall every day, just living her best life. Meanwhile, committing vehicular homicide. Ruby and Lily are clashing. Jean walks over. Jean's like, oh, she's missing her mom. Um, Obviously. And... Like, she's just wanting to help out because this is our grandchild. She'll help Ruby as well and Martin, wherever he may be. And I mean, Martin? <laughs> where is Martin half the day? Yeah, he just he disappeared for a while. And I love when the big hours, if he's, like, really busy as well, working. I'm just saying. You never see him there? In a cafe. Oh, I'm just off to Starbucks. Do you need me ID? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get in? Uh, you've had too many coffees. Aye, that's it. Get out. Let's <laughs> try get my car. <laughs> and then Ruby has a sudden spark of pain. The pain that, you know, at first, like, um, you weren't quite sure what it was, but Ruby's actually went to a health clinic. I have to say, this health clinic is very posh. The unfortunate thing is, is that Jude is still suffering from endometriosis she's going to lose the baby. She knows that. The doctors are quite certain that it's going to happen like that. And, you know, we tease and we joke and stuff and we mess around. But this this moment where being sincere and we're serious, it's a really, really awful thing that she's going through uh, and, and experienced this. And um, it is sad that any yeah. woman suffers this. But it is good that they're showing it as well. Like They're showing more of... Of Ruby's journey with endometriosis rather than just, oh, she's got it, done, story done. Like, they're showing more of that. Yeah, another one I would like them to show is like polycystic ovaries as well. I think that would be a good one to show. Yeah, absolutely. Because your diet absolutely. has to change massively as well with that. And I think exactly. it would be really interesting to have like the two and then maybe like Ruby would have like a friend on the square, like a bond. Yeah. And, like... Do you know who I think would actually would be a really good candidate for a storyline like that? Either like someone, like I would think someone rather young, so like maybe Tiff or Bernie. It would have been a nice pairing and they might still do it. Um, and, you know, it is still a very important thing um, to kind of raise awareness for. And why not? You know, it's, it's a, it's a storyline that, can be told it, it's not regularly told and um these ki- these kind of things you don't really 
you sit, you hear of, but you don't really get to see a lot of, and you've got to do your own research. Yeah, and I think what I like about this storyline, like obviously we've had miscarriage storylines on soaps and TV shows for years, but what I like is that actually it's not just about the miscarriage, it's also about the endometriosis and the and it's more about that aspect of it. Mm. Um, it's less about the miscarriage, more about the struggle against what's affecting her uh, fertility. And yeah. um, and I think that's what's what's really good. Like, I think um, it, they've really done it well, to be fair. I just don't like that kind of, it's sandwiched in to all of this kind of Ruby redemption mm-hmm. and Ruby villainy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like that it's kind of been slotted because when she's struggling as a stepmother, suddenly she has a miscarriage. Like, I don't think that's right. It doesn't sit right. We should have just had the endometriosis story and I don't think something like the endometriosis storyline should be overpowered with the other stuff. What I do like, though, about the endometriosis storyline uh, is that it's just shown through everyday life. So, like, it'll be like it's like twins she gets or, you yeah. know, it's mentioned. So it's like shown real life, like how she's dealing with it. It's not like like a chunk, you know, sometimes like they'll do like yes. a week dedicated to things like that. It's like intertwined all the time. They're doing it very much like what old EastEnders used to write like. It's it's like what you're saying is it's every day and it's in small doses. They drip yeah. feed you with Ruby. And I think that's what that's why I kind of think, like you say, it shouldn't be bogged down with like evil Ruby sto- storyline and, and Ruby's redemption storyline. Those things should not be bogging down the storyline of endometriosis and Ruby's journey with it. Like, you know, her struggles against it are quite subtle and in small doses, like you say. So to have them kind of sandwiched, sandwiched in between these two big things, they're basically squishing that endometriosis storyline to the point where it's almost like invisible amongst everything else. The miscarriage brings us something really remarkable. It's her relationship with Lily after she loses the baby and her, her, her second miscarriage occurs, she doesn't make it about Ruby. She doesn't make it about her miscarriage. Instead, what Ruby does is she doesn't even let that, that bother or um, impact Lily's life. She does a really selfless thing. She sits down with Lily and talks to her and, like, you know, tries to defend her against Amy and stuff, which we'll get on to. But, like, she tries to... She tries to sit down with her and just kind of like they have this really sweet like like motherly moment. That was the Ruby like we've always enjoyed. Yes, that is that's old Ruby. That's very old Ruby. Um, like even before she came back to the square, old mm-hmm. Ruby Allen from like you know the Johnny era, Johnny era and things like that. Like that that kind of Ruby. I have to talk about the fact that poor Amy gets it poor in Amy. the neck. <laughs> Again. We've said this every time this poor little girl's been shouted at. No matter what this girl has done wrong, she is, what, 11, 12? Yes. She's learning, she's growing. If you've got a problem, yes, she's been bad, but speak to Jack. It turns out that Lily basically has wanted to skive off school because she's worried and also because Amy has been picking on her for having nits, right? Um, Now... It turns out Amy gave her the nits. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, everyone gets nits anyway. So it's not a big deal, guys, okay? Like, it's not a big deal. Everyone's had it at some point in our lives. Do you remember when you were in primary school and you always got that letter? Someone has them. (laughs) It was almost like someone among you was an imposter. They have nits and they are spreading them through the school. I'm surprised they didn't have, like, um, sirens going off whenever that person walked by. All the kids were running. Ah! (laughs) Please form an orderly queue to the nurse's office so she may de-louse the culprit <laughs> just one of those things isn't it like and i love ruby because then she just charges out of the house she charges out of the house and it's just like i'm gonna have this little girl now and she's like you think you're special don't you meanwhile poor amy's got an arm in a flipping cast because she's broken it she's just walking along minor old business and then this adult woman is like besieging her you think you're special don't you well you're not special you're a bully I love the first. She's like, who do you think you are? And she goes, Amy Mitchell. I love that. I never understood that kind of, like, you know, rhetorical questioning. Because as soon as <laughs> someone says that, of course, you're just going to be like, I'm me. Or like, you know, I'm, I'm such and such. Like, you're always going to get that snark back. Also, it does just prove how much of a child Amy Mitchell is and exactly why people should be shouting in her face. It's bizarre that, oh, like, I think about four or five adults now on this square have went up to Amy Mitchell who was a child and have screamed and shouted in her face. So many. It's ridiculous. Okay, so she's a bully or she's she's doing bad things. Um, the fact that her mother died, her stepmother died, her and her auntie, um, <laughs> you know, she's very much a troubled child. And instead of doing the logical thing, which is either talking to that child or maybe talking to the school, instead, everyone just shouts at her. Even Jack's like, get inside. Oh, great handling there, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> why talk to Amy your child when you could just send her to her room I love it because Jack's just wandering around the square still not really looking where Abby could have gone yeah I, I do love that like Jack is basically just like well it's in the hands of the international police now <laughs> it's nothing to do with Warfat <laughs> his own niece or grand niece or whatever she is I have to no listen. idea anymore <laughs> also does Amy actually because Amy's apparently bullied or affected like many of the kids on the square now single-handedly emma she's like a flipping one a one child epidemic of bullying like it's unbelievable every child has been bullied by this girl how, how did does she have any friends that's what makes me laugh like <laughs> but none of them have ever thought why is she doing that yeah maybe she's lonely yeah and like it started to make me feel really sorry for amy so linda's off for a scan today for baby Brannon. Yes, and um, mixed day is equally as important. He's buying some Ponzi lager and also needs to get his knackers out. Yes, he did, he did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's other ways to tell, like, Nancy to maybe, like, you know, leave the room now. Like, instead of being like, come on, Nancy, get out of the room, I'll get me knackers out. I was just like, oh. <laughs> Apparently, Mick can't tell, t- uh, can't tell Linda this, but, uh, you nearly said Tina, you really... I almost said Tina, I think Tina's involved in all of this. Tina would have been involved in everything. If Tina was here, she could have been the one he told this yeah, exactly. to. But no, instead, it's Nancy. Tina would have loved to hear from Mick. Oh, she would have loved that. She would. Have, she always loved knowing secrets, Tina. She always loved knowing secrets. Instead, Nancy's took that position. Nancy's took it from her. Of course she has. She's just taken everything. Our room, our position in the family. She's taken everything. And Linda's furious because... Mick talks to Nancy. Oh, how dare he talk to his daughter? 
I mean, Linda, it is his daughter, though. How? <laughs> I love it, she's so jealous. How dare he? It was like, what do you mean he's talking to you? Who are you? Mm, his daughter? <laughs> it's a bit odd that you've got this rage towards your own daughter. Apparently, it's just all we added make out. I mean, thanks, Nancy. As if, like, we needed the severity and seriousness of this situation to be devolved any further. Apparently, it's all just weird. I'm like, sorry, can we get a little bit more than it's weirding him Oh, out? yeah, the way she said it just felt really condescending. Yes! Well, he's worried and it's complicated and, like, he's just it's feeling weird. weird about it. Linda has to say something to Nancy. She thinks that's shocking, shocking all this, that Nancy and Mick have a secret, covert conversation about how it's weird she happens to be six months pregnant with another man's baby and her husband won't talk to her. Well, that might be the problem, though. <laughs> you just said it yourself there, love. You're six months pregnant with another man's baby outside of your marriage and your husband won't speak to you. Now, we do understand there were mitigating circumstances. We forgive you. However, to think that Mick's not going to be weirded out, as Nancy would say, or... You know, that Mick would be a little bit hesitant about this baby. is a bit crazy, okay? He will come round. It's Mick. We know he will. Like, it's Mick. He comes round to everything. He's a good dad. He's a good bloke. I think you just... You just have to remember, everyone on the square is terrified of Max. (gasps) Don't even speak his name, Emma. Sorry. Don't speak his name. He might come. I mean, we've got Karen out there sitting on her chair, waiting. Just checking to make sure he doesn't turn up. Because, you know, last time with Grandzilla, it was just too much. Yeah, too I, much. I gave Michelle a call. She's come round. She's locked everything. We should be okay. <laughs> she was terrified, though. Terrified. Terrified. Absolutely terrified she was. She remembered the whole Grandzilla stuff. and oh. Remember get... when, when he first left and he was, like, trying to threaten Phil and stuff? We were like, yeah, Max really isn't threatening at all. Now they're all yes. like, ah! <laughs> Now everyone's running. Even Phil's like, winter is coming. So is Max. <laughs> Honestly, like, ever since he left the square, he just seems to have become a monster. He's yeah. just, like, plague in Paris, isn't he? I feel like, like he's got uh, this new backstory we didn't know we had to him. Like, he's, like, yeah. a super... Vi- you know where we had him down as, like, the super spreader? You know, he's just a super villain. And he's, like, <gasps> a super snatcher. I bet you Linda made him a costume. See, that's why I loved our costume so much, because he was like, maybe one day I'll have a worthy adversary. I mean, also, if I was Jack, I will be looking at Max, right, and wondering, did he take Tina? Because, you know, <laughs> Tina really liked Max. <laughs> Tina really liked Max, and Max loves to kidnap people and children, so you never quite know. No one's ever seen her since. They spoke once, you know, her, her, her and Max. Tina and Max spoke once, and she loved Paris. Well, Nancy has some words for Linda, and probably for us. You just need to chill out. Oh, well, thanks, Doctor. <laughs> I didn't realise uh, all of that could just be solved by that simple phrase, just chill out. Just wow. Oh, God, I bet Linda feels great. You know, just hear what she said? Her marriage has fallen apart because she's pregnant with a man outside of her marriage, and the child's six months. She doesn't want to give up the baby, um, but her husband's also a bit conflicted. Uh, her dreams are smashed. Uh, all this garbage, like, added on top of that. Like, maybe um, chill out is a little bit of a a weak kind of help there. Like, I don't think it's actually going to help that much to to deal with a lot of those problems. 
Do you know who used to love to chill out? Tina used to oh, love to chill Tina out. Tina used to love to chill out. I'm really sad that like Shirley's not mentioning Tina as much these days. I as know. Well. I'm really we're going to have to just keep it up for her. Exactly. We're just holding our torch for our work. <laughs> well, whilst Nancy and Linda are having their tete-a-tete, Mick is having, oh, a day of it. His car's broken down. He's missed his train. Um, oh, it seems like he missed his train because he kind of like, his car broke down and he was like, it looked like he was hinting that he was going to then try and get the train, but then the train just left. Oh, no. The, so the train, when I watched it again, it's like uh, they've closed it, so it's it's not on for some reason. Oh, I mean, only if they'd done that a few weeks sense. earlier and Kush wouldn't have, you know. Maybe that's why it's closed. It's still closed because of that. Oh, they're still busy yeah. <laughs> trying to solve that crime. <laughs> yeah, so it was just not on. Ah, see... He's having a right old day of it. Lady Luck is just not on his side. Closed down tubes and they've been broken down cars. But don't you worry, kids. Because someone, a knight in shining armour with a large baby bump, has decided to come galloping around the corner rather recklessly in her taxi. If you didn't know, Jeanette is the real-life daughter of Danny Dyer. Also named Danny Dyer to add to the confusion. So we're just going to call her Jeanette for this episode. Um, and um, she drives Mick, doesn't she? She actually does drive Mick. And then her waters break. Oh, what are the chances? So Mick drives her. <laughs> Eagerly. Yeah, that I was like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. I just love all the like illegal driving. They, they just have no like, you know, traffic laws in EastEnders at <laughs> no, all. No, why should the... That's why, yeah, but only, only Cat. Only Cat's still going with that licence. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be driving without a licence soon. I was like, Mick, you're not insured. You can't do that. Luckily, he's been, they're both heading the same way. Linda can't get in contact with Mick at all. And it doesn't really help because he goes and just helps deliver this baby rather than, you know, go to his wife's scan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit odd. And also, I do love that that nurse was like, you Look at the sign and point out that the sign says no phones. Also, is that still a rule? Because I swear. I don't know, actually. I've never had that happen up here. I've used my phone in hospitals. Yeah, same. Uh, there's not been those signs for a long time where we're from. Um, not for a also, very long time. There was the originally, like, yeah. what, early 2000s? That was yeah, still like, up? When mobile phones started taking off, there was all this, like, don't use your phone on an airplane, don't use your phone on, like, it, like in a like in a hospital or there was that weird one where it was like near petrol stations and so because we're convinced that they were like setting fire to petrol stations i've never known them to still have that in hospitals like i've seen patients and staff using phones but i just thought it was very odd that they cared so much about the mobile phone rule but not about like covid rules because there was plenty <laughs> of people in there that shouldn't have been there was no three seat rule because that's the new one in your waiting rooms in hospitals um and you have no to be- masks Oh, and no masks, yeah? Nurse walking around going, eh, mobile phone. I remember, eh, get your mask on, love. Get your mask on. Mick and Linda sit down. They have a conversation. They sit down in the park. It's very odd um, for a private conversation. But they, they sit down and have a private conversation in the park. Because no one can hear. No one. Yeah, no one can hear. Not at all. None of the extras in the background can hear. <laughs> Linda's concerned. Because... Max could come back at any moment. And look what he's already done. He's already snatched baby Abby from from, from Rainey and Stuart. He might do it to them. 
He might take her new baby. You know what's weird? It's that they all have known what Max is like. He's been on, he was on the square for so many years. Yeah. And yet now it's like he could terrorise them all at any minute. And yeah, like... he's just going to like come and rain chaos down upon their lives. Yeah. He's just a monster. <laughs> it's like something else, isn't it? You're right. They've known him for years. And now he's like the worst criminal in Britain. <laughs> they were less scared to see Lucas back. I know, they were. They were like, he has a pint, Lucas. <laughs> he was always you know in the, the best thing? You know that Max is going to end up on one of those, like, crimes that shocked Britain. You know, he's going to be on one of them, and it'll be like, Max was a calm, gentleman kind of man prior to leaving the, the square. Yes, he was an adulterer and, and often a, a bit of a Casanova, but nothing this serious. And then one day he just decided, he flipped and became a child-snatching maniac. This is what his brother had to say. Well, I had no idea. I had no idea. Uh, I'm a copper, you see. I normally can see these things, but I'm a copper and uh, didn't see it coming. I came home a day early, so I'm not entirely sure if they actually just went out for the day. <laughs> I just assumed. And I, I, I messaged them and I left them voicemails and I said, look, you've got to do the right thing. Oh, I love it. I just love it. You know that if, like, they did a documentary style like that, Carol be that neighbour who's like, yeah, he was scum. He was scum of the earth, him. Yeah, he always knew he was shifty. And then there'll be the other neighbour who's right next door to them and be like, never had any inkling, no. There's no. always the one that yeah. goes, he kept himself to himself. Kept himself to himself, yeah. Always <laughs> kept himself to himself. Well, Linda's got a genius idea, guys. Genius. Why not, if they're so frightened of Max, why not just pretend that she's only five months pregnant and that actually Max isn't the father, but Mick is? Like, there's lots of things that I've got a question here, right? So number one is, does she think everyone on the square can remember the time she slept with Max and could count up to, like, it being six months ago? Yes, who would even know that? (laughs) It was literally only Jack who knew, really, and Mick. Yeah. How does anyone else know? And then my other one is, what does she do when the baby comes at eight months and everyone thinks it's premature, but it's it's a fully grown baby? Yeah, it's I'm more concerned months. about it coming out ginger because, like, obviously, if it comes out ginger, then the it's kick is up. Yeah, it's, hello, Max. Yeah, we'll be like, well, I wonder if we can dye this baby's hair legally. <laughs> <laughs> Where does this scheming end? Just be honest, Linda. In true Linda fashion. She pops on a champagne dress that's sparkly and goes out with a big bump on display. And Frankie's over the moon. Shirley's furious because she's never been told anything. She's never told anything anymore. And neither is Tina. Tina would have loved a pregnancy announcement. Tina always loved pregnancies. No one, when they make secrets and when they try and hide paternities, no one ever gets found out. I mean, look at Louise. That totally worked out fine, didn't it, guys? And how many others? Amy Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Amy, <laughs> Louise, Albie. I mean, Louise we could on. go on, so that, that could take a long time. Cherry, you know, <laughs> so many. I mean, God, that's my favourite. I just sent a lock of her hair. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that Max sends a lock of his hair. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the amount that's left of it. Like, maybe be at hair or something. Just a little lock of it, and then just sends it. Sends it to Linda to say, I know that kid's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sonia, well, God. What a start to her week. Her pipes have burst. 
oh, I mean, there's a flipping leak. And when she said that, I genuinely thought, like, is it going to be like one of those joke ones where, you know, I put like just a leak in the, the sink, like a dad comes running over, he's like, oh my God. And then it's just, Sonia just put a massive big leak in the, the, the sink or something. She's like, surprise, we're doing leaking potatoes. Yeah, Sonia's had a very interesting week. So she decides she needs a plumber. Her dad decides, no, she doesn't. He'll help. Oh, please, Terry. Please do not. You will make things a thousand times worse. I just imagine that the entire house is just like going to erupt in like a massive geyser of water after he's finished fiddling with it. Like Dottie's just on top of it going, what's happening? Jabez just on the top of the, the massive geyser. It, no, one, no one goes to see the ones in Iceland anymore. They all got Sonia's. Yeah, Sonia's got a own. I just, uh, whenever someone says, think like, I can help sort that. I'm like, no, no, go get a professional. Do not get <laughs> family or friends to sort out your house. That is scary. They will end up screwing it up and you will not be able to say a thing because they're your friends or family. Better to get someone who you pay in to do it because they're professionals. But Terry can do anything. <laughs> do you know what? He's like, he reminds me of like, um, like that bloke from um, The Really Wild Show who just kind of like leaped around and was able to like, you know, he knew everything, like all the different animals and everything. He was always in everything. I can't remember his name. He was like this like, macho bloke and he would like lift up all the rocks and basically scorpions and so just pick it out he's a bit like um steve Irwin, like budget steve Irwin. steve backshaw oh it's his name that's his name it might be him i don't know if we're thinking of the same one well, it's probably him so it definitely gives us like that vibes where like you know it doesn't matter what situation it could be sharks it could be snakes it could be spiders it could be anything he knows everything about that thing he'll be there in a shot don't you worry it's bizarre like terry just like comes sweeping in he's just like don't worry i'll do it i know how to plumb like, yeah, but your lies don't actually give you any sort of education, Terry. So they go from, like, the whole pipe debacle to the calf where Kathy is. And while well, she's filling in Terry on this whole Max debacle. And yeah, it's terrible. But it's brought her and Rainy together. <laughs> it has. Yeah. I love that. So, I was shocked. I was like, you mean the woman you flipped and planted drugs on? So what happens is Terry goes, right... Sonia's filled him in. The the check see if she knows any details, but she's having a pretty decent day, still at work and all that. Um, yeah. They send Kathy off and they look after the calf. So he said he has like this Michelin star, whatever. Like he's, he hasn't. It's classic Terry because he's, yeah. he's like a standard liar. Lies, yeah. Literally just lies about everything. I'm even pretty sure he's lying about his identity. But oh, yeah, definitely. All I could think of was Kathy's put them in charge, but she hasn't told them about Georgina Barnes. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. The food industry doesn't know what's hit it. Georgina Barnes is just wrecking the place, just sticking her fingers in every pie. Hopefully, hopefully Terry has the forethought to put the pies somewhere safe. But this week, we found out someone else has had their fingers in the pies. Phil Mitchell. <gasps> Not another pie fingerer. That's What's the three. world coming to? It's like an epidemic now. We've got Mo. Georgina Barnes is obviously heading it up. And now Phil. Greg's has just crumbled. It's just crumbled apart like the flaky pastry of a pasty. It's just... It can't... can't withstand any more fingering. <laughs> <laughs> I 
mean, honestly, Terry has, again, like, he is a bit like Georgina. He has his fingers in many pies, according to him. He can cook, he can sew, he can clean, he can wash, he can plumb, he can flip in, do your electrics, he can sing. He's uh, been to the moon, he's been to Mars, he's um, a, a world champion sailor. Like, honestly, you name it, Terry's done it. He's like a typical gift of the gab kind of bloke, you know, proper salesman. Except me and Emma are all buying what he's selling. He's definitely a crook and is definitely shady. Poor Sonia is being, like, she is up a creek without a paddle and he's the one paddling her there. Like, she is in so much danger or trouble. And she doesn't know. She's just sitting there like, yeah, it's good, isn't it, that we're just doing this. Like, me and my dad, we're just running a cafe now. No, Sonia, that's very strange. That's not his. That's not even your job. It's not his job. And suddenly you're involved in this this flipping cooking thing with him. Yeah, so like he's trying to get on everyone's good side. Yes, this is what's so strange. He's like everyone's like perfect citizen. Like he's like coming around helping them all. It's not good. He's got shady intentions. And this isn't a fairy tale where suddenly you just you know run a cafe together and everything's great like also why has Kathy's Cafe now become the Cokers do you remember when the Cokers you just hire anyone off the street Stuart yeah. Rainey um you know everyone was just hired in there now it's becoming the cafe isn't it but she doesn't even pay them she just goes all right so it's giving me a lovely time to catch up with Rainey yeah, uh, love so that, yeah. you haven't looked at more places tonight maybe look for Abby or maybe like contact the police you've just had a lovely catch-up <laughs> Had a lovely catch-up. Um, you know, Interpol apparently lovely. Interpol are lovely. They've been chatting with them for ages. Says there's nothing they can do, but, you know, wish for all the best. So that's all that matters, really, isn't it? That's what Cathy's like, isn't it, sure? She's just like, yeah, had a great coffee catch-up with Rainy and, and everything's fine. Me now, chill. What about baby Abby? Oh, yeah, still missing. Still missing. I love that uh, bit where she's like, yeah, no news, but me and Rainy had a lovely catch-up. Yeah, that's the main thing. <laughs> She lost one fake granddaughter, she's gained a friend. <laughs> and I love that rather than just like oversee what's going on at the calf, she's she doesn't just like meet up with Rainy there. They go off somewhere else and just let Terry, who the she's known two minutes, and Sonia just take over. Yeah, I know. Why do these people trust him? He's so <laughs> shady, it's unbelievable. He waltzes in, gives them some gab, and they're like Oh, he's a good man, isn't he? What's he up to? Because at first I was like, it's got to be Dottie related. The first person I saw was <sighs> mm-hmm. her. She's the one who's annoyed about Sonia having the money. Suddenly he gets into Sonia's house later on. <gasps> yes, that was so bizarre. So how did he get in? Did Dottie let him in? Who knows? But then I'm like, he obviously has all those photos on his phone of the houses. He's getting on with everyone in the community. Please do not say we're getting another... Like one where someone tries to take over the square, like some sort of super villain. E, no, don't. Don't. Do you remember? That was a long storyline last time. It was longer than the bins. It was awful. It was awful as well. I, I just, um, I wonder if Terry is a thief, like just a thief. Yeah. I wonder if he's like an opportunistic thief. Maybe the neighbour of, say, the real Terry, you know, the real mm. Sonia's dad, and had, had stolen his mail. Like, <gasps> stolen it, it, his identity. Had some of that and stolen some of his identity like that, yeah. Like identity theft. 
Yeah, because I kind of think like it wouldn't be that difficult for him. And it just makes us think, you know, when he was taking pictures of the houses, I kind of thought maybe he was scoping the place out. Yeah. You know, maybe he's like kind of checking it out so he can um, suggest someone to burgle it or maybe he's just getting pictures so he can see where the good access points are. Um, but he's definitely up to something. Yeah, because I think the bit with when he was at the calf to me was like, so he just tells Kathy to just head off, put her feet up. He's now in charge of the money there. Exactly. And also, I love that he had poor Sonia slaving away. She's a flipping nurse who had previously worked on a COVID ward and now she's just flipping, you know, serving sausages and bacon and things. And flipping, he's just sat chit chatting. Is he just sat chit chatting with some people? And I think because if anything happened, anything <sighs> went missing, whatever, you go, oh, can't be Terry's lovely. Yeah. Oh, well, he, he couldn't... Sonia trusts him. And so if Sonia trusts him, he must be good. Like, that sort of yeah. behaviour, isn't it? Also there's lots like, of things. As much as I would just like him to be who he is, yeah, there's lots not. of things that don't add up, and he's definitely not. But I am interested to see who that guy is as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. Great character. And great if they character. could just keep him, that would be great. No matter who he is, what he is, just keep him. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, though, like, to add to his whole, like, there's something not quite right about him. Just look at the fact that he was so keen on Kathy and is like flirting and stuff with her. But meanwhile, him and Shirley almost had a thing going on um, later on when poor son was slaving away in that kitchen for Father's Day that wasn't Father's Day. I have to say, I mean, if, if we're going to talk about the whole Kathy, Shirley, which man, like, who's he going to choose? Yeah. Well, I have to give a shout out because... <laughs> oh, have I been waiting for this? Been waiting for, for this moment for quite a long time. They brought it up. They brought up the last person that Shirley was with was Buster, and then that <gasps> obviously got me thinking maybe it'll come out about Kathy because they're both after the same man again. <gasps> Who knew that Kathy and Shirley had the same taste in men? I Isn't couldn't believe strange? how many things were coming out of the woodworks this week that we've spoke about, <laughs> like the cat stuff with the cabs and finding out about a theory yeah. and then Buster. I was just like, I oh mean, my it's gosh. It's shocking, isn't it, Emma, though, to think that we still, still, the rest of the square does not know that Kathy had an adulterous affair with Buster. Shocking, isn't it? Shocking. I hope it does come out. I love this whole section, though, with Terry and Shirley, where they're just getting absolutely blitzed. They're like, come on, Aline. Come on, Aline. I think it's so mean, Emma. It is. That's what we were like in propaganda <laughs> with a little night, like, night event that used to be on up here. I think and you'd it was find like, that was when we were upstairs in pop-aganda. Propaganda. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There was a separate one for pop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, me and, uh, me and Emma would be going, come on, Aline. <laughs> it was always on at the end of the night. Yes, always. Great song ever. <laughs> I was very annoyed again with Nancy. And I was... Yes, actually, me too. I was annoyed with Frankie for giving in and doing what Nancy suggested. He said he needed to be out for his meal with Sonia and they changed the clocks knowing fine well he That's couldn't get there. Evil. That's rude. It was shocking. She heard that like this man was... Like, want to be late for a, a, a moment with his daughter, an important moment. What does Nancy do? She ruins his chances. So Sonia's done with him. That's it. 
well, really, she should be done with Nancy. It was her fault. Exactly, um, that's what I think. But Terry didn't stand a chance. Nancy's predatory behaviour there. And then he breaks into her house and makes her a pie. <gasps> my God, what has he done? Oh my I God, can Emma. hear the footsteps of George. You can't, can't you? They're thundering along. Soon will be the telltale sign of crunching, crumbling pastry as she puts her finger straight down into that pie. <sighs> will no pie be ever safe again? No. <laughs> Can I just say, I love that it's like, it's like almost treated as if it's like a sweet moment for Terry to have done that for her, but in real life, like he's just broken into a house. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, what the hell are you doing in this house? Not only just broke into a house, but also managed to, like, set the place nearly on fire. Oh, yeah, that too. And ahead of, like, this Father's Day dinner, did you notice they went in the shop and there was loads of loads of different cards? Jay picked up one and had another one went, oh, Sonia, you can have this one, we're hey! taking this one. I was like, but there's loads there's of cards. They're not, like, the last two on the shelf. <laughs> I know. And it was like the way she was like, I don't even know if you like dogs. Well, there's a moustache one there. There's a flipping yes, star one. That's what I like. It. like. There's all these different ones. You can pick anyone. <laughs> you don't have there's to take that one. Why are you talking as if there's not one? <laughs> Do you think in their head, like when they wrote that, they actually had a, an idea that there would be no cards on there apart from those two. <laughs> but instead, someone just forgot to take all the cards out and left too many. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> Our hero this week is Amy. <laughs> it may be controversial, but we will not support the dogpile mentality of the rest of EastEnders on poor Amy. I tell you what, that girl, that girl keeps on getting abuse of every single flipping adult on that square. We know, we know she's done naughty things. We understand that, but all these adults keep shouting at her and we feel really bad and she's always on her own when we say and... We just wanted to give us something. Our slapping Dan this week goes to Nancy. Her weird enjoyment of making Terry late for a moment with his daughter. Shocking. Just very odd. And also playing her grandmother and like the guy who she wants to sleep with her grandmother with drink was just strange. It was all a bit, in Nancy's words, weird. And also a bit rude to Linda, just... You know, saying yes. weird, chill out, and not really, you know. It's always rude. Help her out. Give her a kick on the backside or something. So, as Amy is our hero of the week, we'll be voting out of Amy's as controversial size. <laughs> <laughs> we just feel so sorry for her. It's just not. It's just not right. All these adults. Um, it's not. This week we're rating. The first lot of I Player box set episodes, and I need to ask before we rate. Did you watch them live on the TV or did you watch them on iPlayer? Binged watch them, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I did. I did do that. Yeah, I watched them live. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh you're a good girl. <laughs> I was like the one on the Tuesday and the Wednesday in double bills. I was like, well, there's nothing else to watch anyway. Yeah. So that was great, and I was at work the other days, so I couldn't watch them on those anyway. Exactly. So this week we are going to give the first week of bingeable episodes 3.5 Amy's. There was some good scenes with um, Lily this week. She is 
fantastic, a little mini Stacy. Um, we had quite a lot of different stuff like light and shade this week. Yeah. I really enjoy Terry. I think he's a great character. Very interested to see what he is up to. But there's, there seem to be bits that were a bit meh as yeah. well. A bit could have done without. Um, and also, I think another reason why it's only a 3.5 for me is that the endometriosis, we've already discussed this, but the endometriosis storyline is kind of being sandwiched in between Ruby's redemptive arc and Ruby's villainy. And I just don't like it. I just want it by itself. This week's episode is sponsored by Max Repellent. If you are worried about being attacked by Max, aka Mad Max Branning, please know that we have the solution for you. It's called Max Repellent. One spray will keep a Max away. Retail price of three ninety nine. Trust us, it's worth it. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.